Welcome to Reactive. I am Khalil and I'm here with NPM employee number one, Raquel Veles. Hello, everyone. Hello. And also with PHP Ember and API guy, Henning Glattergertz. Hi, how goes it? Good. How goes you? I'm stressed out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why why uh, you were not uh, in the Slack so often? Yeah, yeah. Today is actually a um, a, uh, a holiday in the states, or it can be for some people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Government jobs, I would think. Um, so we spent the day uh, preparing for our new arrival, and uh, <laughs> it sort of just sank in what's going to be happening in the next four weeks or so. And uh, <laughs> I guess the thing that's that's stressing me out or or why I say that is um, I'm just realizing since this is our third, I know what's coming and uh, <laughs> I just know that I'm not going to be getting any sleep very soon. Oh, so. no. It just sort of hit me like a ton of bricks. It was weird. I mean, I should know this. It's been, you know, apparent for months now, but <laughs> <laughs> the day was like, oh, you know, we put the crib up and prepared the bag to to go to the to have the birth basically and uh yeah i don't know weird <laughs> so yeah for, for, how long is that period where you where you don't sleep <laughs> um it depends on your child um yeah. if it's anything like our first two then years oh oh no <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Well, my oldest is six, just about to turn seven. He's fine. He has no problems. But our three-year-old, she still has her her moments, and she she seems to dream a lot, and she is very um, vocal during her dreams. So, oh. and since we've had kids, I sleep very very lightly. Yeah. And I wake up all the time now. So. Anyway, enough. Uh, <clears throat> complaining <laughs> so when is but when is the kid coming though um it's supposed to be december 13th oh, uh, oh wow that's soon oh, yes okay. but it could be yeah i bet basically any day now mm -hmm. i mean and it's fair game now okay so wow yeah meanwhile so i uh I'm, i met a corgi puppy this weekend <laughs> <laughs> cool that seems to help maybe uh, i should get one henning Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Another thing running through the house. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I don't think you want to. I mean, I, I, I know nothing about raising puppies or or having kids or anything like that. And so, like, I'm sitting there with this puppy, and I imagine there's some, there are some similarities. I know it's not exactly the same, but there's some similarities in that, like, with this puppy, you have to keep watching it. It sleeps most of the time, but then when it's awake, it's like running around. I mean, it was. It was eight weeks old, so uh, not not a fresh newborn puppy, but it was you know eight weeks old, and you have to like you have to like train it to go potty like in the right spots, not on the carpet. <laughs> so you just see you see like everybody just kind of running after the puppy because the puppy's like, oh, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, and then he has to like like run, pick up the puppy, and then put it down and go, oh my god. So I'm sure that's exactly the same. As free for you, right, Henning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's um, just, to, just to get back on that for a second, it's, of course, extremely exciting to uh, um, have your child being born. Um, so it's not all bad, of course. No, no of course. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> So yeah, I might be missing a show or two or something in, in the next few weeks. Who knows? We'll see. Well, no worries. Yeah, yeah. totally understood. Totally understood. <laughs> so are you gonna are you gonna get a puppy then? Because you no like, no. no no. I mean, my husband's trying to convince me. He's like, we ah. should totally get a puppy, and I'm like, <laughs> no. We already have two dogs, and there are plenty enough work. Um, I mean, the puppy was pretty cute. Don't get me wrong. But the, the, the lifting, the picking it up and putting it in the right spot so it can potty. I'm just like, nah. <laughs> cause, cause it also wakes up in the middle of the night. You don't get any sleep. It's just, I'm like, no, no, not, not right now. Not when we've got a lot of things to, uh, at work and, uh, at home and, and all that other stuff. So, you know. You know, speaking of which, uh, Khalil, it sounds like uh, kind of offline. We talked a little bit about how you've got a big, a big push at work right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we had to finish like an internal alpha, which is it's so. So what we're doing is we're rewriting. So the, the company that I work for is Eins und Eins. I, I think Eins One and One is also. They also have some properties in America or something. I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. And and over here they 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 kind of own uh, the like the male clients that that like 60 million German speaking people use, like the web mail clients, and uh, so be, they basically bought all the big ones, and now they own them and 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 and, and run them. And we're doing like a a rewrite <clears throat> of um of the mail clients and uh we had to kind of show a internal alpha we had to show like we can actually get mails from the server and show a list of mails and stuff like that so uh yeah i think it i think it it was actually so i didn't come i didn't miss the show which is which is a good sign um <laughs> I, think, I think we actually we got a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff, or actually everything we wanted to do. It seems like we got everything done. Tomorrow we'll see. Maybe there'll there'll be some some bugs we'll have to fix or whatever. But um, it's just for internals and for for internal people to see and for for stakeholders and stuff, just so that they see how we make prog progress. And uh, yeah, oh, is this the Angular two cool. version of it, or is this something else? No, it's uh, it's still Angular one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, but we're writing it with like Angular two in mi in mind. We're already using mm -hmm. observables, and we're using uh, Flux architecture, and we're using we're writing directives as if they were components. Like in Angular two, they have components instead of directives, and they have a tr component tree structure, the UI and stuff. So we're kind of having all that stuff already in mind, and then when Angular two is out and stable, so so we can migrate really easily to Angular 2. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll see. Very so cool. far, so, so this stayed this stayed nicely on schedule then, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, so far, so far, 
it seems like it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, the schedule so, can always change a little, you know. Like of we're, course. We're not like there's no hard deadline outside or whatever so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask uh, both of you, I mean, I'll, I'll chip in too, but uh, kind of it sounds like uh, so right now we're in the in the midst of a pretty big push as well. Um, and so like stress levels definitely start rising. How do you two handle the stress of of a deadline because like this is something that everybody everybody in this industry has to deal with right like at some point you got to release your code you got to ship your code um as much as we like to talk about iterative releases and making it like smaller at some point there's just there's going to be a big push right like there's there's a new feature um that you can't just iteratively put out you've got to put it out as like one big chunk um, and that I think really can be a little stressful. How do you, how do you two handle that? Cause I'm sure you've, you've done that before, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, the two of you work in pretty much software only or mostly software, you know, companies, whereas I work in a company or for a company that, uh, is basically sales oriented and we support the business. And I think the additional, and maybe this happens to you too, but I, I hope it doesn't, but we have these, these fun little, um, artificial, uh, deadlines that are based on business needs and not on what we actually need time wise to, to deliver what they're asking for. Oh. So, um, yeah, that, that's, I don't know. How do I handle that? Um, when when those sort of things come up, I guess um, I'm I should be used to it by now. But it, first of all, it makes me mad <laughs> mm-hmm. because uh, we are you know told that this is what is going to be delivered and this is your deadline. And there's just you know it's not based on reality. So okay. usually things get cut or the the um, the it it basically artificially sets the stress level really high and you do probably more work and more hours than, than you should. And then the deadline slips anyway. So um, that doesn't really explain how I handle it, but uh, I'd say probably <laughs> um, not very well um, because, yeah, everything suffers, you know. And, and there is this, this pressure from the company um, to deliver something or to deliver the result and you usually can't, and that just, yeah, is bad. Mm-hmm. You start working longer hours, and um, yeah, your family probably notices that something's not a hundred percent. So I don't have, um, I don't have a good recipe for that because I'm in a, I guess, in a situation that's not ideal. I don't know. Yeah. What about you, Khalil? <clears throat> so I, I've. I've been before, before, before Einstein I was working at cl- mostly client services companies. Mm-hmm. The so I was at two client services. Then before that, I was in a, a company that made um, like a, a 3D scanner hardware thing, and I was in the marketing department, writing, you know, making like uh, landing pages and microsites for them. And in that, in in that. So in all of those three companies, I had a similar situation uh, with the deadlines, where deadlines were not driven by the technology 
or by by tech lead was always driven by sales, uh, either by sales or by um, unreasonable expectations <clears throat> that were set with the client, mm-hmm. um, because uh, because because client services is hard, right? I mean, if you if you're kind of if you, if, if you are kind of you're set up broadly and you say okay we can do this we can do that we can do multiple we can we can deal with multiple frameworks of multiple languages and then then you kind of you spread yourself a little thin and um and then you have to you have to put people on projects that they're not really built for like they you know they don't they don't have the right skills or whatever so there's always like this fight against build like building a website or a project while learning the technology that you have to use because it was set by the client or it was um you had to take the project because because money you know and Mm -hmm. um and in those situations there was always long periods of of uh stress like really like a lot of like long periods of stress and high pressure because you weren't because during those projects many times you can't build you can't you don't have the time you can't take the time to really do something properly like and you can't build something or it's hard to build something that you are proud of and that you really stand behind you also have to make compromises because you have to deliver something quickly and right, then, and when it's long lived, you pay for that later on, right? Yes, and you pay yeah. extremely hard, and you know that. that you're going to have to pay. Exactly. That makes it even so worse. that stresses you out on top of it, right? So mm-hmm. that's extremely. Uh, it, I found it really depressing over times and extremely hard to bear. And um, I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't really find that there is a way to deal with that. Besides, you know, you have to make sure you sleep and, you know, maybe meditate or whatever, uh, do sports and all this kind of stuff. But but there's no real way. There's no how besides changing how the relationship besides changing the relationship between customer, company and developer, there is no real way of improving this. You know, if, yeah. if the expect expectations would be set properly at the customer and and expectation expectations between between uh, the company uh, uh project managers and the developers are right and stuff then you can you can say okay we wa- we want to build something properly and then we can also reason uh, with the customer about that and all this kind of stuff <clears throat> but that is like also only few companies in client services that do that and uh i don't know it's mostly it's it's pretty much how I described. And so I'm kind of used to a lot of this kind of pressure. So for me, um, this was my first deadline at the company I'm at right now. And this was pretty cool because um, we're, so far we're doing a good job. We have a good team. Uh, this, the uh, kind of goals that we're setting, they, they seem realistic and, and manageable. And uh, so far, this deadline seemed to work out so far. We'll see tomorrow, whatever. But it's not comparable to the pressure that mm-hmm. that that I've experienced in those situations where it was bas- basically unrealistic expectations, you know, mixed in. Yeah. So. Right. 
and uh, yeah, I guess I've been I've been working for them for a while, so in I can sort of gently push back a little bit more now than I used to be able to, or that I felt mm-hmm. I was able to. Um, but it's right. still, you know, I can say, okay, that's. I can basically try to reason with them to explain, okay, you can have this by then, but you cannot have, you know, all of it. Or we could do this mm-hmm. to, um, you know, get to a certain point that is usable for this department or whatever. Um, but the funny thing is, is, you know, even if you explain it and it's not accepted, the, the truth is that if they want, you know, X, Y, and Z by you know, I don't know, day after tomorrow, but in, in all reality, it takes you a week. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, a colleague of mine, he always used to say, and, and he was, he was extremely senior as was in, in a previous job. And he, he basically, he just, if, if the manager came to him and started breathing down his neck, he said, it's going to be done when it's done, you know? And I always thought it was really, <laughs> really gutsy or whatever, but it's true, you know, and he knew that mm-hmm. you cannot, throw people at it or, or, you know, come and ask every 10 minutes when it's done. If, if anything, you're going to delay it even more. But, um, right. you know, that's, that's the truth. And uh, it's unfortunate, um, yeah, if you're in a situation like that. So, yeah, I think, I think, so, I mean, I have to say, I'm, one of the nice things about being at a smaller company is that we have access to all of the people, like, in the same room, right? It's not like a multinational company where you have to like get buy-in from people in different time zones, et cetera. Um, you know, at NPM, we're all in the same office. And so I can very easily uh, go up to whoever's in charge of a project and be like, all right, here's, here's our estimation of how long this is going to take. And then they respond with, okay, that makes sense. And because it's an engineering-driven organization, they trust us when we say that's going to take longer than you want it to. And, and it's fine. It's totally, totally fine. Um, but I, I'm keenly aware that not every company is like that. And so I'm, I'm especially thinking of like our listeners who are probably in these situations and are like, what do I do? Um, I think it definitely helps if you have more seniority at a company uh, because – They've learned to trust you a little bit more. They've learned to, uh, they know that you know what you're talking about. So when you say, like, this is not going to happen, uh, then they're like, oh, well, they know more than I do about this thing. So I should probably listen to them. Um, one tactic I've heard from somebody was uh, they have some popsicle sticks. Uh, and they're just, you know, you can use any sort of stick, whatever you want. But um, they basically say, okay, here are all the popsicle sticks. These are all the things that you want. But here is the calendar. And they would like literally overlay the popsicle sticks on top of the calendar. And they're like, each popsicle stick takes a day. And you've asked for seven popsicle sticks, but you want me to do it in three days. <laughs> that cannot actually happen. <laughs> so you have to tell me. <laughs> which popsicle sticks are most important. <laughs> and uh, and apparently that was fairly effective um, because it's just having some sort of visual to say, you've asked for this many and we only have room for this many. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good, uh, a good, a good visu- visualization to, to get to that point of, okay, 
prioritize your popsicle sticks or, you know, tasks. Right. And, exactly. you know, just you're going to have to accept that you only get, you know, 30% by the time that you asked. But, you know, right. tell me which exactly. 30% so you want, time. if that's possible, right? right? Right, right, totally. And I think the other thing to remember is, and I think it's really easy especially in our industry, to make fun of of non-developers, right? Like be like, ah, oh, the sales team is making promises that the you know the developers can't keep or whatever. And I think it's important to remember that everybody is part of an organization for a reason and they're really good at what they do. But we are humans and we cannot read each other's minds. And so while yes, one department might, you know, over uh, over promise uh, and under deliver. I think if every single piece is working properly uh, and communicating efficiently, then it is possible to have lower stress deadlines. I think just the word deadline will throw people off and just add stress just because of the word. Um, but but in general, I think I think it can be less stressful if the right communication is happening and uh, you know. If, if everybody's doing their jobs and and working as a nice cohesive team, um, but that becomes harder and harder as the company gets bigger and is more spread out. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, so communication is key. That's the thing, and I think the other thing that you hit on the the nail on the head there is the size of the company because um, the organization. I, I feel like the bigger it gets, the more politics are involved that you don't understand. Um, depending yep. on your position, of course, and so you don't know the powers that are, you know, in play in all of this stuff, and um, yeah, you might not have that option to, to say you can only have three of the seven popsicles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely have to kind of push back on the size thing because at our company, the company has like five thousand people, and and. The thing is, it's not the size really doesn't matter because, uh, because it, it, like I said, with with our project, it works pretty fluently. But of course, we don't have like people all over the place that that um, that that have to be have to agree and stuff. Like we are a small team, and then we have the people. We have like somebody like our boss who is kind of making sure that stuff runs fluently uh, and 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 other people who also have like a stake in it are informed and stuff like that and there's things like we have uh, public reviews where anybody from the company can come to our public reviews which are every 3 months i think something like that and and you know get on inf get informed about what we're doing and then there is like a weekly meeting for all the you know imp very important people that have any you know, staking this project, whatever, and they get informed and stuff gets kind of communicated there. So definitely communication is super, super important. But <clears throat> even it or would really, you say that your company is 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 engineering driven or is it not? Oh yeah, it's a so it's basically a it software is. company, right? Exactly. Because they okay. do hosting, they do like the mail thing and and yeah. everything like they have huge like I mean there's like sixty million People, I don't know how much many clients they have in the hosting thing. They need, they also do, you know, DSL and 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 like cell phone stuff and all this kind of stuff. So, it's a hundred one hundred percent 
engineering driven. And right, because I think that makes a big difference. There, yeah, there's yeah. a completely different mindset and mentality in the whole organization. I believe. Yeah, yeah, totally. When, when that and is the people, case. there's also a different understanding, of course, exactly. what it takes to create to make software that is maintainable over time and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. There's a different kind of, and also people in higher positions. Um, are often also engineers or used to be yeah. engineers. And and then, of course, the communication between us and them is super easy and, you know, in, in many cases. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's this, there's a real problem between when you have this huge gap between and, you know, the knowledge that software engineers have about software development and the non-knowledge that, that, that people like project managers sometimes have about this subject and uh, marketing people and salespeople and stuff like that. But they kind of bring in the money and call the shots and they can put a lot of pressure on you. Then, you know, this is, this is weird. And when there's nobody mediating or translating, so to speak, because somebody needs to do it. Somebody needs to translate. If you have like non-tech people that kind of run projects and kind of, make sure money comes in and you, then you have tech people on the other side that kind of make sure that the technology runs. You need something in between that can uh, efficiently communicate and, and mediate kind of uh, yeah, manage expectations really, I think yeah. is, is what needs to be done in that case and translate it somehow. And this is, uh, this, ugh, this is such a huge problem sometimes. Yeah, depending on which company you are. It is. So I don't know what, what I mean, I'm I'm sometimes in this situation. Um I just I don't know, I deal with it or I'm not well what how do I say that? It's just something that, that I, I have come to uh, accept, I guess. Mm. And it is it is very stressful at times. And I, I don't know what, what I would suggest to someone that is in, you know, in a really bad spot with this kind of thing, because I've heard horror stories of, you know, working expected to work weekends and stuff like that to meet ridiculous deadlines yeah, and yeah, uh, things like that. <laughs> I nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the general rule for me is like, as developers, we are very privileged to have a lot of a lot of job opportunities. So you know, go and find a different job if it's if it's too if it's uh, if it hurts you, you, you know, and your health or your mental health or anything like that, then this is not a good place to be in. Yeah. And it's, it's good if there are a lot of opportunities. So, you know, then try something else. I think that's definitely a good, good way to go. I mean, there's just, just sometimes <clears throat> there's this German, <laughs> German, I don't know, this German saying, I don't know if there's an English version of it, that this, <clears throat> the fish always, Starts to stink from the top, from the from the head, <laughs> right? That does so, not translate. What does that, that mean? <laughs> that, that means um, that means that translated basically to what I wanted to say is that it always oh it, there's always there, there's an English something that's like the da 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 stems from the top. So basically, depending on how the company is run from the boss boss, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of that. That has a big influence on how, uh, on the culture overall, and also on how your life is in the company as a developer. 
and there there are just a few, there's just sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it because it's just, yeah. there's a certain philosophy and only it could only it could be changed but only if you could influence you know how people in higher up situations uh, <laughs> positions kind of see the company and the culture and stuff like that and those change, i mean for 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 uh developer mostly often that is not really anything you can influence you know so i think it it's so so in those cases and you really don't like it and it's really hard for you i think it's definitely you know just leave move on yeah 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 but otherwise i mean i think we've talked about dealing with stress a little bit i think i already yeah. talked about um the 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 headspace um app that i use to do to do mindfulness or meditation or whatever you want to call it and that definitely uh, is a great is great help like i definitely definitely helped me during the more stressful times and um Yeah, and just like things like just going on a walk, you know, like or if you even if you have something to to think about, like a problem that you can't figure out in front of your computer, very often if you just take a 15 minute walk out in, you know, just around the block or whatever, um that can give you a new perspective or a new idea how to attack the problem. And uh and definitely I think many people kind of they don't dare to do that because They don't want to be seen as somebody who wastes time, so to speak. But I think that that time, especially when you are stuck in a in a problem, it is it's much more beneficial if you go out and breathe some air and do something completely different, and and just I think you can think better and easier. And sometimes yeah, I, that, that's really really good advice. Um, And and I I did that at my previous job a lot. I could do it here all the time too, but I I don't. I should more often. But we just you know you'd see developers getting up, and then they you'd see them outside walking around the lake. <laughs> that was that was their, their thing. Um, but there again, you know, you have to be in an environment that that allows that, and and some people might not be. But I, I think generally. That is a really good idea. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think it's also okay to just do it, and and then if somebody confronts you, just um, say what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. I think. and then and then if that that is a problem, then you then you deal with it. You know, right? And then think about what you yeah. to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well. What else is going on this week? <laughs> I have a I have a question too, a different topic. This is nothing new, yeah. but uh, um, this is about managing, you know, Git and how how multiple people work with Git inside of a project. Oh yeah. Do the two of you use anything similar to maybe Git Flow or or something like that? Uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, we use a. Um, We use something like Git Flow. I don't know if it if it is exactly Git Flow though. I don't think so. But we use um, we just use feature branches and okay. um, yeah. So basically, if somebody works on so we have we use Jira and we have tickets and we have ticket numbers. And if you work on a ticket, you open a new branch, put that ticket name in the branch name, and you work on your thing. <clears throat> 
And then we also we use GitLab, and in GitLab you can also you can do something that's called merge requests, and that's exactly the same thing as pull requests in Git GitHub. And then we have a code review, and, so, and when it's basically and when it goes, the CI goes through and tests run, and the code review goes through, and everything. Then we merge it into master, and master should always be so, at any time should be deployable, right? Right. So, so that is that is kind of the. Thing. Yeah, that's the key is that you don't do any work on master and exactly. um, only forward, fast forward. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah we um, we don't we don't use Git Flow, but we we definitely do uh, pretty much exactly the same as what Khalil described. We have uh, feature branches and um, and then we we merge them into master, uh, and master is always always deployable. Um, we we generally have a like we have like our own like rules about how to merge into master basically involves you have to have at least one other set of eyes on each pull request um so you you can't just merge your own pull request without having anybody else see it uh it's really an accountability thing um because it's so easy to be like oh i'm just making this one tidy change it's not a big deal uh <laughs> and then it breaks everything um mm-hmm. So having somebody else who can look at it, uh, we tend to. So we use Git Magic to deploy our servers as well. So we have a branch called Deploy Staging and a branch called Deploy Production. And if you push to Deploy Staging or Production, it will actually deploy whatever you push to that branch to those servers, um, which is kind of fun but also terrifying at the same time. Um, but What's nice about that is we can kind of rebase off of master and then deploy to say staging off of whatever branch we're working on. And we can see exactly how that would look, how master would look with our branch included on staging, which is as close to production as we possibly can get it. Um, And that's really nice because then we can verify that it's going to be fine before we deploy, before we merge it to master and deploy it to production. So, um, yeah. So when you, so basically all these um, merging between branches, um, you're due manually? Yes, we do. Yeah, okay. We do. We don't do it automatically because, again, the accountability piece is really important to us because we're so small and we're so eager to get our code out it's really important um now we do use travis to kind of also check everything and and um run our test suite um but yeah no it doesn't there's no auto deploy uh after merging a branch or anything like that okay yeah i was uh, more referring to um when you know, I guess Git flow is, is basically just a, a bunch of scripts on top of Git or that use Git, right? And they, they just um, give you a, a sane branching module, model or a, a useful branching model. Mm-hmm. And um, the things that I've been running into with some people that are newer on the team is that uh, they um, forget to, to do various merges back into, um, back into develop, for example, if they, mm-hmm. um, you know push something to to another to a feature branch or something like that and i think git flow would just would help um take a take away those 
I don't know, things that you forget. But I was wondering what your opinion was on, because I do this all manually myself now. Um, I was just wondering if it was a maybe a bad idea to to introduce, I don't know, magic. You know, it's basically or an, an, an abstraction layer on top of it where people might not understand what's actually happening. Um, or is that not a concern? I'm trying to think. There's a there's another abstraction layer, uh, different from Git Flow. I forget what it's called, um, but I, I have I have friends who use it, and it's like you, instead of Git push and Git pull, you like oh instead of like a Git checkout new branch, or whatever, it's Git change or something, mm-hmm. um, and it's for them they like it a lot more because the abstraction layer makes it make more sense. I've sat down with uh, new members of the team and tried to explain rebase like so many times and I like draw pictures of boxes and then like you know have arrows drawing other boxes and then lines of things and it's git is not intuitive if you if you are not like a computer science major who thinks in trees (laughs) like it's just not Um, and so to me I think I'm a huge fan of abstraction. I use a, I use analogies all the time. Um, to me, it is more important that you understand what's going on uh, at a high level than it is like and and use it properly than it is for you to understand everything at the lowest level uh, possible. But I'm very much like not everybody would agree with me, right? Like there are, there are lots of people who are like, well, you shouldn't even use the tool if you don't understand what it's doing. Um, and I think that's bonkers. yeah. I mean, but that can come <laughs> later, and and I, that's my yeah. opinion at least. But I didn't know if um, yeah, maybe that's a bad bad idea in this this case. I don't know. I don't think so. I think I think if if somebody, I think it's fine to give somebody training wheels uh, before riding a bicycle, right? I mean, at some point though, you need to slowly get rid of those training wheels, and how you do that is going to be the bigger question. Um, but I think for somebody who's brand new, and especially if they have no intention of ever really learning all the nitty gritty stuff, then yeah, use use abstractions because mm-hmm. it, it's more important that they contribute than it is for them to sit around being like, I don't know, I don't understand what's going on, and then just just kind of like be scared of contribution. I just yeah. don't think it's worth it to like leave people out of the whole right. system. Okay. Well, there's a nice um, there's a nice uh, graphic here of all that. I'll, I'll post that in the show notes. Anybody that wants to cool. read up on that uh, can take a look mm-hmm. at that. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the abstraction. I don't. I have no experience with any of any uh, scripts on top of Git, but. Um, <clears throat> I kind of have a problem with like GUIs, gra- mm. graphical user interfaces for Git, because <clears throat> because I haven't really seen one yet that really does it well, and people and when pe- then people have when they have problems with them, they are totally lost. Like if you have to then if if your GUI does something wrong. Mm-hmm. And you don't like something weird happened, and now like you're stuck. You need to do like completely have to delete everything and, and pull or clone again or something like that. Um, 
and you can't go in the, into the command line and, and kind of, you know, figure some stuff out, even if it's just a few commands. Th that's really, that really holds you back, I think. In a sense, that's a that's an abstraction layer too. Maybe even more yeah. extreme. It is. Yeah, yeah. It, it is totally. Yeah. It's uh, absolute the biggest abstraction actually. And maybe GitHub Desktop now is is pretty good. I'm I'm play, I'm kind of using it sometimes a little bit, just to try it out. But at <clears throat> um, uh, my last job, we kind of me and a colleague we did like a little Git course, and we explained tried to explain to everybody how Git works on a very low level. You know how exactly um, the data is hashed, and and that it's all files, and they're all on your disk, and kind of you know show kind of to to get just demystify it. Yeah, and also yeah. kind of give people a feeling of what's going on because when when they're used to using s what's it called uh, SVN SVN I wanted to say F SVG uh. <laughs> <laughs> when they're using SVN. Um, there's problems because at, it can feel a little bit like SVM, uh, SVN, but but it doesn't work like it at all uh, right. under the hood, and then that's that's really problematic. And and we had kind of we're trying to trying to clear that up. We would always encourage people just use the command line. I'm giving you like three you know text snippets. And then just do it there. And then, you know, like, and we would try to encourage people to, you know, to go and, and, and read a little bit about it and teach themselves or we'd help them and stuff like that. Some people, but some people just don't want to learn and that's fine. But, but when it comes to Git, I think it's very, very beneficial when you kind of over time, you know, kind of allow yourself to kind of uh, learn a little about how it works and what kind of how you can be more efficient and learn a little bit of, you know, a few tricks and stuff like that. And then put abstraction on top of it and then you're not completely lost when something something happens. Yeah, that's kind of why I was concerned suggesting to introduce a layer of abstraction. This is, okay, yeah. is that a good idea? But then I do like the analogy of the training wheels, you know. If it's yeah, not yeah, totally. too too crazy, then, yeah. then do that and then let them... I mean, that's the whole concept yeah. behind frameworks or anything that we do, right? Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Abstraction actually is great, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And... Um, but but just with the... I just have a problem with the GUIs. I think I think Git Flow, very... I have no experience with that and it might be might be all, you know, nice and... It's dangerous. just shell scripts. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. basically does just does a whole bunch of operations for you. So when you say, okay, I want to start a new um, um, feature branch, you know, mm -hmm. or I want to start a new feature, you basically say um, git flow feature uh, start and then the name of the feature, and it then basically creates the branch for you, and uh, you can start working on that. And when you're done with it, you would say git flow feature finish and the name of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that then basically, um, you know, merges the feature branch into develop, into the develop branch. Okay. And removes the feature branch. And now your feature is in, in develop. So okay. it does like a few steps for you. Okay. So, yeah. And, the, and the, I guess the interesting thing or the thing that I liked about it is that when you, for example, um, uh, finish a release you know that you basically um 
you know, it does a bunch of steps for you. So before you push to origin, it actually does a, a fetch from origin for you automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not that that would, you know, wouldn't work anyway if you tried to push and, and you were, um, had, had changes pending or that you hadn't pulled yet. But um, then the um, release branch gets merged into, into master. It gets tagged. And then the release branch also gets back merged into develop. And that, a lot of times, will get, you know, people will forget to do that. Yeah. So your develop branch is not up to date. And this just takes care of it for you. And then it deletes the, the release branch. So there's, you know, quite a few steps in a single command, which is nice. Oh, I think that's cool, actually. Yeah. 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 When you work with that flow and you have those specific branches with those roles, you have develop, you have master, you have features hotfix, bug, whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, that def- definitely makes sense. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. The one, the one caution I would warn you against, though, is if one part of your team is using one Git method, like, I don't want to say Git flow, but like, is mm-hmm. using one way of using Git, and then the abstraction layer uses something else, when things go wrong, they will go very, very wrong. So, for example, if, uh, if, so like the web team at NPM really likes using rebase. Um, but there was a, a time before where half of the team didn't know how to use rebase and uh, would use the, the big green button instead, like it would just merge everything. So, they would use git merge to merge things together, whereas other people would use git rebase. And that caused all sorts of problems, like I cannot even explain. Um, because when you rebase and merge across the team on the same branches, for example, everything breaks. So um, <laughs> just being aware of what your actual flow is and making sure that the abstraction matches that flow is going to be really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing is, isn't the problem with rebase that if any of the code uh, anything that has been yeah if any of your changes are already public meaning they're pushed to a server and somebody could have kind of um, used you know made some changes as well or merged it into something then you you're not supposed then you should not rebase it at all anymore because then you have like this history conflict in the git log but as long as you rebase on pull or you rebase only things that are on your machine then it should be fine but when you have like this thing where something went to the server and has been used by somebody else and then you rebase that into master then it, that's absolute craziness that's game over Basically, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Git is cool, though. I really love Git. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a little crazy, though. You guys, it takes takes a lot of getting used to, and yeah. uh, but it's it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Speaking of crazy, and uh, well, not crazy really, but um, so I uh, I did a little tech support with my dad, and I used Screen Hero to do it. And, um, Yay! Yeah. How did it, it go? Well, once I got to the point where I could actually communicate with him, it was a piece of cake. And 
He was totally blown away. But the funny thing is, and, and this just always reminds me again that, you know, software, there's like these simple or like things that you would never think about that need to be taken into consideration for, for normal people that mm-hmm. make it so hard. I mean, yes. I, I, what I did, because I know he, he would have, you know, it would have gotten him tripped up. I did, um, I did whole, you know, I set him up on Slack on my machine, made him an account, which he doesn't really even need. So I don't, don't even want to have him bother with that. So I did that. And so I can download um, Screen Hero. F- well, so he can download Screen Hero, but he already has an account. So I gave him the username and password and told him, go here and, and download this and install it. And I did that with you know screenshots. I had like three or four screenshots. When you download it, it's going to be here. Click on that. And then, you know, do this and that, blah, 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 until you see the icon up in your in your menu bar. And then I just wrote, go and log in, and here are the credentials. And it's like, there was this question. Before he could log in, it just said, do you want to enable um, keyboard shortcuts or something like that, I think. you know. And he has no clue what this is, you know. So he's stuck. And, it, you know, to me, it's like, there's a total no-brainer. You just click no or yes, doesn't matter, you know. But to him, it was a showstopper, <laughs> and it would just it would just be so helpful to say, um, "You don't have to do this now. You can click OK to continue and do it later, or something like that." You know, right. and the person can continue that doesn't know what that is. But there's so many. This is just one concrete example that just you know reminded me of this again. Um, that there are so many things that. People like us, I say, you know, that we sit on these boxes all day long. It's totally a no-brainer, and it's totally taken for granted that installing an app and logging in is so simple. But for a lot of people, it's not. And you have to take all these little stumbling blocks out of the way, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a coworker who's, like, obsessed with performance, and I... I have to I have to admit there are moments where I'm like okay dude it's really not that big a deal <laughs> like like I mean he's obsessed to the point where if it's 100 milliseconds if he can bring it down to 98 milliseconds that's a win and I'm like <laughs> dude 2 milliseconds nobody cares and then and then he showed me some really interesting data about how most people in the world don't have access to say 4G or LTE or whatever like the the hot network uh, you know type is, and a lot of people skipped like especially in um, in, in developing countries don't even have uh, underground network cables and stuff like they 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 skipped computer like desktop computers entirely and just went straight to mobile. It was just like you know forget it. Um, sorry. They skipped telephones. They skipped telephones and went straight to mobile. Right, skipped uh, landlines, yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. Desktop computers can still totally be a thing. Um, anyway, they skipped landlines, which is fine by me because I don't have a landline, um, and went straight to mobile. But that means that most of their internet is coming from mobile. And if you don't have the latest, greatest 4G, LTE, whatever, you're probably stuck on 3G or 2G or whatever it is. Um and so when we talk about shaving off two milliseconds, like that's for us in our like 
terrible, like one T or T one, like under the, or over the wire connections, which are amazing. But two milliseconds in this land versus is actually translates to something like 200 milliseconds or something, yeah. somebody else. And 200 milliseconds is actually fairly noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's amazing how how like we don't think about every user when we do the things that we do every day but if if our goal is to have anybody in the world using our products we really do need to think about that and we need to think about what do these pop-ups look like and what how long is it taking for somebody to even see our fancy, you know, website or whatever. Um, so I think there's this think super cool story from Facebook, actually, that's exactly pertaining to this point. Uh, I think I heard it years ago. I don't know. It was an interview with some guy who, um, who, who worked on Facebook Lite, I think it was called back then, or maybe it still exists. I don't know. It was like the mobile website for Facebook. And it had its its own URL, and it <clears throat> and it um and it was had it was just it was just built in order to be like super lightweight and fast and 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 so that people in in um with bad connections could also use Facebook. And it was interesting because the story he told was that he he did he had this measuring tool in Facebook, and he um and there was a specific like um like. Uh, like a loading time or something like that and it was at and it was like uh, uh, um it was a uh, was durchschnitt heading immediate medium uh like the i don't know what it is in english but it's like the overall kind of loading time and it was at i don't know some seconds whatever and then he built this um this facebook site this this or he he improved the facebook light and made it super super fast and stuff like that and then it was funny he he looked at the measuring tool and he was super disappointed because actually oh an average like this load the loading time average or something this loading time oh, sorry average, i just realized it was on, on mute <laughs> oops oh. <laughs> oh yeah you were on mute okay i was wondering what's going on if you f- fell over or something uh, oh no <laughs> stressed out and yeah out stressed out just fainted or something yeah uh <laughs> no um so the average was so a few seconds or whatever but the average went up and he and he was like super disappointed was like how can this happen i made this site super fast and the and the loading time average or whatever that measure thing was went up this this cannot be until he found out that people in countries that have super super slow internet um and only access internet via their phones only because of his changes could now actually load facebook on their phone and for them it took quite a while but before they had the facebook Lite version or whatever that that was they just couldn't do it. Like it took like half an hour for them to load the Facebook site or whatever. But now it only took like three minutes or something, right? So, so all those people, like in India, I think specifically it was in, 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 in Asia in general, like there were certain regions that suddenly 
just because he built this high-performance, super-light Facebook website, could actually access Facebook, and suddenly all these people were accessing it and just weren't able to access it before. And that's why the average was better before, because <laughs> less people with bad internet connections was a were accessing it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I hate to say this, but our time's almost up. Wow. It is so. <clears throat> to uh, to finish up, uh, I saw that you you you're, um, you you want to speak next year again. Is that true? Me? Oh, yeah. Or oh, was that a I joke? I mean, well, I mean, of course I want to speak. I just don't want to speak a million billion times, and you know, it'd be exhausting. And I don't want to talk about robots. But yes, I totally want to speak. Cool. Why, why do you? Why do you? Ask. Yeah, because I saw a tweet about that you want to do like a talk about going home. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's oh, that I, about? Oh, I was uh, I was talking to somebody on on a Slack channel, and they were like, "I'm still at work," and I looked at their time, and it was like 6 p.m. or something, and I was like, "Go home." <laughs> <laughs> Like, go home and do something that's not work. Like, just enjoy your life outside of work. And I think it's just so easy for people to to stay at work or to keep working just because it's this, we have this mentality of, of in order to be productive, we have to be working constantly. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's that I work, I am more productive if I don't do work for some large period of time and then come back to work when I'm like really refreshed and feeling good about the world. Um, and so I was just, it was just like a, a, a it was a joke tweet. Uh, but it seems like there's already a few meetups who are like, uh, when are you giving this talk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will you do it in my meetup? And I'm like, uh, yeah, and also, and also, uh, Jan Jan Leonard also reminded you of a standing invitation to a certain conference in uh, Europe <laughs> that you apparently have. <laughs> uh, apparently, I didn't even know that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 oh goodness, I want to move to Europe. I just want to go to Europe all the time. Um, and I, I know, I know, I just have to say the word, and I will have like a whole bunch of people who are like, yes, and I'll, they'll just be like waiting at the European. Border control being like, come on in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that would be really awesome. Um, but first, I have to take care of about 70 billion other things. Um, so instead, I'll just visit a lot as often as I possibly can. Um, I can say, though, that I will be in Europe next year. I've already booked one conference, but it hasn't been announced yet, so I can't announce it. Oh. Um, but it'll that'll be fun. And... Um, Yeah, cool. no, totally. Where's that going to be in Europe? Uh, I can't say yet. <laughs> Not even the country? <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That was going to be too obvious, okay. It, yeah, it'll be like really obvious. Like, <laughs> I mean, it'd be the equivalent of being like, I'm going to speak at, I don't know, Timbuktu. And if like the only conference that happens in Tim Timbuktu is like Timbuktu JS, yeah. then it'd be like, oh, I know exactly what conference she's speaking at. It's like, I, yeah. So I'm I'm not going to say until it is announced, uh, okay. but it, it should be really fun. I'm really really excited about it. So pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that said, um, come hang out with us in our Slack channel. 
all you awesome listeners, you. We have we have new we have new little channels in our Slack org, like uh, uh, Happy. Oh, I love yes. the Happy channel. I love that one. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we share we that's, share good gifs and cute pictures. Yeah, that's how you deal with stress. Actually, to yeah. just yeah. go into the Happy channel. Oh, see, okay. When you are stressed out, come join us on our on the on the reactive podcast uh, Slack channel and and look at the the really cute pictures uh and and funny pictures um yeah my personal favorite that you posted recently was the fart squirrel <laughs> <laughs> yes if you want to know what a duck puppy is come join us in our slack channel uh, uh, spiky floof i also like that <laughs> yes the spiky floof uh the majestic sea flap flap i think is one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. i mean that was good like too. If you don't know what these things are and you want to know, you should join us in our Slack channel. Um, so, yeah, massive shout-outs. Uh, we have some new members. We do. And we have Alessio Alex. Alessi. Hold on. Is it Alession Alex or Alessio? I think it's... I think it's Alessio. Alessio Alex. Yeah, so he is yeah. actually a colleague of mine from, oh, cool. from Romania. So shout-out to, to uh, Alessio Alex. And also to Christian Christian Tigges, who uh, hails from London, but actually comes from Hamburg, I think, I found out. And I believe it's pronounced Hamburg. Hamburg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, uh, I know how to pronounce uh, Georg's name now correctly. But I don't know if I can do it. There was a there was a YouTube video about how to pronounce his name, and I think it's I, I don't know if I can do it. No, I have to practice. <laughs> or we can just call him Greg. I will do it. Next time, next time I will, I will be able okay, to. Okay, practice. You have one week. I have one week. I will practice later. multiple times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, so um, that's done. <clears throat> so that's all the new the new people in the, the Slack. I think yes. so. All right. I just checked, and there are no new reviews. Um, so anybody who has joined us recently, um, if you would like to put a smile on our faces, um, would be really really cool if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Um, those are always very much appreciated. Um, you can just go to the show notes, and there will be a link there. Uh, says I think rate us on iTunes. It takes you straight there and um you know if you have a minute or two we would appreciate it yep we would and also more work was done on fido uh we have tests now apparently it didn't work for me but um uh in the branch so something still needs fixing i think but but silis was busy and did some work so that's awesome cool very cool (sighs) all right Uh uh signing right. off yeah okay i'm khalil. yeah yeah i'm khalil tweets on the twitters and you can reach us um at reactive pod on twitter as well that's it for me and uh, yeah and you can uh reach me on twitter at rockbot um or just pay me in the slack channel it's really the best way <laughs> you can follow me on twitter at hglattergots and i'll talk to you next week
All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.